Welcome to another great message from Faith Christian Church. For more details, check out our website, faithcc.com.au. We hope you enjoy this message. So great to be here again for Resurrection Sunday. And uh, you know, Resurrection Sunday is the cornerstone of our faith in Jesus. You know, without resurrection, our faith would be dead, our hope would be futile, and our expectation in God will be absolutely meaningless. But praise God for the resurrection of Jesus Christ. You know, as the Apostle Paul says in the book of Corinthians, if Christ had not been raised, your faith is futile and you are still dead in your sins. Then those who have fallen asleep in Christ are lost. If only for this life we have hope in Christ, we have all people most to be pitied. You know, we would be pitied, wouldn't we? If Jesus Christ hadn't risen from the dead, we're just believing in some idea, some fable, some religion, but praise the Lord that he's risen from the dead. And today, again, we're gonna read the resurrection. You know, we do this every uh, Resurrection Sunday. We're just gonna read it again to be inspired by the Word of God. You know, the Bible says that God's Word is living and active. It is sharper than a double-edged sword. And I believe that even as we read God's Word today, it's just gonna stir your faith. It's gonna stir your heart about what Jesus Christ can personally do in your life at the same time. John chapter 20, verse one, we're gonna read it out of the New Living Translation uh, today. And it says this, early on Sunday morning, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene came to the tomb and found that the stone had been rolled away from the entrance. She ran and she found Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one whom Jesus loved. And she said, they've taken the Lord's body out of the tomb and we don't know where they have put him. Now Peter and the other disciple started for the tomb and they were both running, but the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. He stooped and looked in and saw the linen wrappings lying there, but he didn't go in. Then Simon Peter arrived and went inside. He also noticed the linen wrappings lying there and while the cloth that had covered Jesus' head was folded up and lying apart from the other wrappings. And then the other disciple who'd reached the tomb first also went in and he saw and believed. For until then, they hadn't still understood the scriptures that had said Jesus must rise from the dead. And so they went home. Now Mary was standing outside the tomb crying and as she wept, she stooped and looked in. She saw two white robed angels, one sitting at the head and the other at the foot of the place where the body of Jesus had been lying. Dear woman, why are you crying? The angel asked her. Because they've taken away my Lord, she replied. I don't know where they've put him. And she turned to leave and saw someone standing there. It was Jesus, but she didn't recognize him. Dear woman, why are you crying? Jesus asked her. Who are you looking for? And she thought he was the gardener. I like that. Thought he was the gardener. Sir, she said, if you have taken him away, tell me where you have put him and I will go out and get him. Mary, Jesus said, she turned to him and cried out, Rabbi, which is Hebrew for teacher. Don't cling to me, Jesus said, for I have not yet ascended to the Father. But go and find my brothers and tell them that I'm ascending to my Father and your Father, to my God and to your God. Mary Magdalene found the disciples and told them, I've seen the Lord. And then she gave them this message. That Sunday evening, the disciples were meeting behind locked doors because they were afraid of the Jewish leaders. Suddenly, Jesus was standing there among them. Peace be with you, he said. And as he spoke, he showed them the wounds in his hands and his side. And they were filled with joy when they saw the Lord. Again, he said, peace be with you. And as the Father has sent me, so I'm sending you. And then he breathed on them and he said, receive the Holy Spirit. 
And if you forgive anyone's sins, they are forgiven. And if you do not forgive them, they are not forgiven. One of the disciples, Thomas, nicknamed the twin, was not with the others when Jesus came. And they told him, we've seen the Lord. But he replied, I won't believe it unless I see the now wombs in his hands and put my fingers into them and place my hand into the wound in his side. Eight days later, the disciples were together again. And this time Thomas was with them. The doors were locked, but suddenly, as before, Jesus was standing among them. Peace be with you, he said. And then he said to Thomas, put your finger here. Look at my hands. Put your hand into the wound in my side. Don't be faithless any longer. Believe. My Lord and my God, Thomas exclaimed. And then Jesus told him, you believe because you've seen me. But blessed are those who believe without seeing me. Church, that's us. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet they believe. The disciples saw Jesus do many other miraculous signs in addition to the ones recorded in this book. But these are written so that you may continue to believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that by believing in Him, you will have life by the power of His name. You know, you read after the resurrection in the book of Acts as as God sends His apostles out to begin to build the church. I like the criteria of the way that they're looking for people to become part of their group. And it says in Acts chapter 1, verse 21 to 22. So now this is the apostle speaking. So now we must choose a replacement for Judas from among the men who were with us the entire time we were traveling with the Lord Jesus. And from the time he was baptized by John until the time he was taken from us, whoever is chosen will join us as a witness of Jesus' resurrection. You know, I love the criteria that the apostles put about choosing those to birth the early church. They say, choose someone who's been with us the entire journey, who was with us from the beginning. Have you ever asked yourself the question, what actually made these guys stick the entire journey? You think about the ups and downs that the disciples went through when they were with Jesus. You know, when he died on the cross and yet there still they were. The Bible says that he found them still together. You've got to ask yourself the question, with all the persecution, even in the book of Acts, we see that as they went and birthed the early church, you know, they had the Romans against them. They had the, the, you know, the Jewish establishment, the religion uh, against them as well. They had a whole bunch of other things that were just coming against them and persecuting them and, and trying to kill them. And yet, they just stuck. And yet, they didn't allow any of those things to break their will and to break their spirit. It is interesting that they never shifted from their positions. They never shifted from actually preaching about Jesus rising from the dead. They never shifted in their positions on as actually establishing the church. You know, over the next few weeks uh, after Resurrection Sunday, uh, we're going to be doing a series called How to Prosper Through Pain. I think it's a great series as we look at, you know, some of the pain we're experiencing, you know, as individuals and some of the adjustments that we're having to make in life. But I think the backbone of our understanding as followers of Jesus on how to prosper through difficult seasons actually comes from this whole cornerstone of our faith, and that is the resurrection, the resurrection of Jesus Christ. You know, there's many things in life that we often put our trust in. 
There's many things in life that we often believed. I'm amazed at how many people just believe some of the stuff that is on social media. You know, I was reading this the other day that someone sent me this little information about how to cure the coronavirus. And someone had put down there, you know, ask the man, if you take bicarb soda and lemon juice, you're just gonna fix all the ails of the coronavirus. It's amazing at how much rubbish is actually out there. But the reality is many times in life, we allow different things just to come in and shape our belief and shape our trust and shape the things that we actually go after. There are so many things in life that we hang on to, so many things in life that we act upon our belief system. You know, we live with so many other beliefs in life. We believe about things the way things should turn out. We have a belief that if I do certain things, then certain things will take place in my life. I have a belief about my purpose in life. I have a belief about the way that people should treat me. I have a belief about what I expect next week when I roll up to work. Uh, I have a belief about the way the world is and maybe some beliefs about the way that I can resolve those issues in the world. You know, the, world, the word belief means the mental acceptance of something that is true. You and I live with so many beliefs in life. There's so many things that we put our trust in. There are so many things that we act upon based on presumptions of the things that we think are going to work out. But let me say this today, church. None of those beliefs compares to this one, that our belief in Jesus, our trust that He is the Son of God, that our belief that He has the ability to radically change our lives is so strong and powerful. Why? Because of the resurrection. Not just because he was a good man, not because he was some religious figure, not because he was some historical figure that we read about 2,000 years ago, but because he rose from the dead and through that proved that he said who he was, he actually was. And Paul makes this point as I read earlier. Let me read this to you again. 1 Corinthians 15 verse 17. And if Christ has not been raised from the dead, your faith is futile. You are still in your sins. Then those who have also fallen asleep in Christ are lost. If only for this life we have hope in Christ, we are of all people most to be pitied. But as Christ indeed has been raised from the dead, the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. You know, when Jesus died on the cross, the world actually thought that they were rid of him. The world actually thought that they had resolved this troublemaker called Jesus that had just upset the world and upset their religious order and upset all the different things that they were going for. You see, the, ancient, the way the ancient world thought about death is exactly the way that you and I think about death at the same time. And that is, death is it. It's the final thing. There is no coming back from it. You know, even in ancient Greek mythology, a death, the coming back from the dead was not permitted. When Apollos uh, tries to bring back a child from the dead, Zeus punishes both of them with a thunderbolt. You know, Pliny, the, the very famous Roman philosopher, makes this statement about death. He says, what is this crazy idea that life is renewed by death? Everyone knows that this type of talk is absolute nonsense. You see, we're reading the Bible in a culture of that day that people understood that dead people don't come back to life. And so because of that, the only real immortality that people were believing for 
was the immortality of fame. That if I'm famous and if my legacy can live on, then hopefully that will be a type of immortality that, that I could strive for. That's why you see in some of these ancient cities so many head sculptures of leaders of the ancient world because I saw that as an opportunity uh, to live on past their physical age. And so um, the reason I'm saying this is that Christianity was born into a world that had this position on death as we do today. And so the central claim of our faith that Jesus rose from the dead, it was so radical and it was so against everything that people believed in that day. And the point is this, Jesus didn't rise from the dead in a world culture that believed in it or would maybe have stories about it or would maybe just, you know, uh, have some fables about it and through that kind of blend, you know, fairy tales with reality. He rose from the dead in a world culture that believed the direct opposite. And yet God did something so amazing that astounded the thinkers that blew the minds of the philosophers, the educated, the man in the street. He did something so fantastic, so outstanding, so radical, so supernatural that it literally revolutionised the world. And the point I want to encourage you this morning is very simply, church, this is the birthplace of our faith. The birthplace of our faith did not begin with some philosophy, did not begin with some ancient writing did not begin with some religious order over centuries and centuries, but the birthplace of our faith began with the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Our God is alive. And that's why our faith is alive, isn't it? Our faith is not dead. Our faith is alive. You know, the more that you engage with our faith, the more that you tap into what God has for your life, it brings life into your world. You know, religion brings death, but your faith in Jesus brings you alive. I love what John 10, 10 says. Jesus says, the thief only comes to steal and to kill and to destroy. But I have come that they may have life and that they may have it to the full. You know, think about all the things in our world today that actually rob us of life. They actually rob us of peace. Right, things that, you know, you know, stuff in the media and, you know, stuff that we often engage in that actually steal our peace and take our joy and, you know, actually rob us of our confidence. You know, there's so much confidence robbing stuff right now in the world today. And, uh, but Jesus doesn't do that, does, it? does he? He doesn't rob you of life, but he brings life into your world, your relationship with him. You know, one of the first things that we often say when it comes to our church here at Faith Christian Church is we have four core values. And our very first core value is not a, a you know, like a, a corporate value in terms of, uh, you know, just stuff that we're wanting to do in the world. Our very first value is an individual value and it is the value of devotion. That you have a powerful ability to have a personal connection and relationship with Jesus Christ that's not dead, that's not based on religion, that's not based on law, but it's based on what Jesus Christ did for us 2,000 years ago. He offers life because he is alive. I wanna leave you with this final idea when it comes to the resurrection. We've talked about death, but let's now talk about life. The actual idea of resurrection, or the actual word resurrection in the word of God. So what does the word resurrection 
when it comes to Jesus rising from the dead mean in the Bible? Well, the biblical language of resurrection means standing up. It means awakening. And it involves not a reconstruct of death, of life over death, but the reversal of death bringing back to the life. See, resurrection is not rebuilding a life that is dead, but it's actually a reversal of death. That's what the word resurrection literally means in the New Testament. Jesus reversed death, not life to death, but death to life. You see, the natural progression often in his life is you live and then you die. But death to life is the actual reversal of death itself. See, how do we know this? We just read this in this passage before, is that Jesus comes and he says to Thomas, he goes, touch your hand upon my scars. Put your hand upon my side. Listen, same scars, same wound that killed him, but he reversed the effects of those and came back to life again. I think one of the greatest things that we can ever have is this powerful revelation of Jesus that he has the ability. You know, right throughout life, we often deal with wounds in our life. There's no doubt that often us, we carry emotional scars and, you know, we often carry wounds in our own heart of people that have hurt us and people that have let us down. What I love this about Thomas and Jesus is that Jesus comes to Thomas and he says, Thomas, I want you to put your hand in my side. I want you to touch where the wound is. And the point that Jesus makes is the wound or the scar may still be there, but the pain is completely gone. The reality is you and I often live with scars in our life, but we often just still live with the pain and the hurts of those scars. But the reality is in these bodies and these broken vessels that we often use throughout our life, God can still bring life back into those things. Look, what does it mean for us today? Look at 1 Corinthians 15, verse 55. So chapter 15, verse 55. It says, O death, where is your victory? O death, where is your sting? For sin is the sting that results in death, and the law gives sin its power. But thank God, He gives us victory over sin and death through our Lord Jesus Christ. So my dear brothers and sisters, be strong and immovable. Always work enthusiastically for the Lord, for you know that nothing you do for the Lord is ever useless. Listen, our faith, our commitment to the Lord, our priorities in putting Him first, our desire to know Him more, to pursue Him, to seek after Him, our focus to follow His values and to be shaped by His culture is not in vain, church. It's not useless. It brings victory, life and confidence into every single part of our world. I wanna ask you this Resurrection Sunday, what are you believing for victory in? What are you believing that today that you can conquer when it comes to your faith in the Lord Jesus? Maybe today there has been a pain. Maybe today there has been a hurt. Maybe today there have just been things internally in your own life that you have found so hard to overcome. I wanna encourage you today that Jesus wants to breathe life into those things and strength into those things and the ability for you to overcome into those things. And the reality is this, because He rose from the dead, our faith and our hope in Him, our endurance is not to a useless end, but it's to a glorious end because of what Jesus Christ did for us so many years today. And I really believe today there are people, you know, all over our faith community that maybe today you need victory in an area right now. You know, I often find in life that when you're under pressure, some of the, the areas that we struggle with really kind of get magnified. 
Maybe it's anxiety, maybe it's fear, you know, maybe it's just some things that you're not proud of. But I believe today, you know, as we just focus on the resurrection, that you can believe uh, this Sunday that God can give you great victory in those areas. Not because you and I are anything special, but because we can put our hope and our trust and our confidence in the Lord Jesus. And again, uh, this Sunday, we're gonna be taking communion right now. And maybe you haven't prepared for it. Again, if you wanna put me on pause, by all means, make sure you unpress the pause button. But we're gonna come around communion today. And once again, we're gonna be reminded again of the victory that Jesus Christ did for us on the cross. You know, Friday we took communion, we remembered the sacrifice. But today, it's about the victory. It's about the body that was broken so that you and I can be healed. It was about the blood that was shed so that you and I don't need to carry the weight of sin and all of our mistakes in our past upon our shoulders. I wanna ask you today as you're watching this, this feed, maybe you've never given your life to Jesus. You know, maybe you don't know what it's like to actually connect with God. You know, we celebrate a risen Saviour because we understand that our faith is alive because we have got a powerful personal relationship with Him. And before we take communion, I'm gonna invite you to say a prayer after me. And maybe today you wanna know God personally. Maybe today you wanna have a personal encounter with the Lord Jesus. You know, the first step in doing that is actually surrendering your life to Him. Actually recognising that without Him, you'll never really experience true life. It's a matter of you just coming to God and saying, God, today, I put my trust in you. Out of all my other beliefs in life, I'm believing that this is gonna be the greatest one that's gonna change my life. And I'm gonna lead you in a prayer. You know, I shared this a few weeks ago, but you know, my dad years ago prayed that prayer at a Billy Graham crusade back in 1969, you know? And uh, that one decision, my mum and dad, that one decision in saying, you know what, we're gonna give our lives to Christ radically changed the future of our family forever. I'm gonna lead you in a prayer. It's a prayer for you to find God for yourself, for you to accept what Jesus Christ did for you on the cross. And if you wanna receive that today, then as I pray this prayer, I want you to repeat this after me. Let's pray together. Dear Lord Jesus, I ask you this Sunday to come into my life, to forgive me of all my sin, to give me a brand new future. I put my hope and my faith and my trust in you. Thank you that you are the Son of God. Thank you, Lord Jesus, that you've come to save me and I give you my life in your wonderful name. Amen, amen. You know, today, if you prayed that prayer for the first time, if you go to our website, if you click on the link, we'd love to send you a Bible, the link that says I've made a decision. You know, the decision that you made is the beginning of a wonderful journey with God and we wanna help you with that. So we'd love to give you a Bible, you know, things that I've uh, preached out of today and you know, these passages of Scripture, that all comes out of the Word of God. God's Word is our roadmap to life. We wanna help you with that today. But today, if you've got your communion ready, I want us just to come around communion today. And once again, I'm gonna lead you in this powerful, wonderful time on Resurrection Sunday of thanking the Lord Jesus for what He did for us on the cross. And because of the resurrection today, you and I have hope, amen. You and I have a confidence that God is with us and that He has given us the ultimate victory. Thank you, Jesus. As we hold, you know, this cracker, maybe you got bread at home, you know, it doesn't really matter. It represents today the broken body of Jesus. Today, we're gonna thank Him. And as you take it today, I want you to thank God for the victory that He's given you, for the future victory that He will give you in some of those areas that maybe that you are still struggling with. We're gonna pray for those in a minute. Father, we thank You today. Lord Jesus, thank You today for Your broken body on the cross. Thank You, Lord Jesus, that today, God, Resurrection Sunday, we are reminded again 
God, in your broken body, Lord God, you brought the ultimate victory into our lives, the victory over sin and death. We thank you today. We honour you today. As we take the cup today, we're reminded of His blood that was shed on the cross for us. His blood that has the power to wash away all the stains of our past, all the things that we're ashamed of, all the things that, you know, we wish we hadn't have done. As we come to Jesus, the Bible says that even though we are faithless, He is faithful because of what He did for us on the cross. Let's thank Him right now. Father, we thank You today. Thank You, Lord Jesus, for Your blood that was shed on the cross. We honour You today. We worship You today. Come on, if you're in your homes right now, let's begin to thank Him for His victory. God, we thank You today. Lord Jesus, we honour You today. We give You all the praise and all the glory. We thank You, Lord God, that today our faith is not futile, but there is great hope in our faith because You rose from the dead. We give You all the praise and all the glory in Your wonderful name. Amen, amen. Thank you for listening to this message from Faith Christian Church. To stay up to date, check us out at our website, faithcc.com.au.